Hello everybody, my name is Ron, and this is Ron's Gadget Talk for Wednesday, 7th of October 2020. We have lots to talk about, including, uh, finally, an Apple event next week. Uh, finally, we're gonna, iPhones will finally be coming out, finally, finally, after probably an eternity. Uh, this year has been quite unusual. Aside from that, um, the Sony releases, sort of, Sony does a teardown video of the PS5. Uh, Razer has made a debit card? That's cool. And you really devices, so let's get cracking. So my level of excitement for uh, is probably through the roof. Probably way more than a BTS fanboy or fangirl goes through when a BTS drops a new album, at or even a song probably. <laughs> but um, it's super exciting. Apple's doing and finally doing the iPhone event next week. We thought it was gonna happen last month, but you know, uh, if they did launch it last month, then people would have forgotten by now, and then they'd be like, "Oh, we're already open for pre-orders," and then. That would have been a bit... We all know how it would have ended, pretty much. It would not have been well for I Apple. iPhones are such an important product category. And uh, it deserves its very own event because it's the iPhone. I mean, it's a revolutionary device. I mean, it was a mobile phone, mobile communication device, and an iPod and one. If I, rem if, I rem <laughs> if I remotely remember Steve Jobs' original keynote on the Apple event... Um, so they dropped the they dropped sort of the invites yesterday, uh, if my memory serves correct, and sort of it has this kind of Apple logo and a bunch of circles with like a sort of glow around it, sort of a bit of orange, a bit of blue, and then obviously the and then it's a bit orange. Now one can say that's probably reference to Halloween, but Apple doesn't really take holidays that seriously. If it really did that, then uh, we would have seen some crazy marketing campaigns or something like that around Christmas or something. I mean, they don't really take holidays that seriously from the looks of it. They probably do throw some gift card promotion to celebrate X or Y as the occasion or some offer, but they don't take holidays seriously, so I don't think it's a teaser for Apple doing something during Halloween. It would have probably been late at night so that, you know, to fit the horror vibe. But there's nothing horrible about a new iPhone. I mean, we're all excited for a new iPhone 12. Uh, but the slow, uh, but the press invites have had a tagline slogan, high speed, high speed, like basically typical Apple casual marketing language, you know, to indicate performance. The tagline probably welcome to today's episode. Today's episode of we have taking out clues from the Apple event invites. Uh, all right, so the thing is that that tagline high speed. Either is to mean the performance of the iPhone 12, and obviously the uh, fact that it's going to have 5G, so it's going to be very fast at data transfers or browsing the web. You can be surfing at very fast speeds. Or in Apple's case, you're downloading Apple TV Plus content in seconds. We're talking like a full season of uh, Ted Lasso in 30 seconds. You know how it goes. You could download entire Apple Arcade games in like five seconds. That's how fast 5G is. I mean, sub six 5G is that fast that you can download stuff in minutes. We all know what you can download from Apple's services. I don't have to explain that. That's on Apple's end. And also HD FaceTime, you know, like how Google's been touting on the Pixel 5 last week, you know, full HD Google Duo calls. They probably could add that feature if they want for 5G. It's that revolutionary. I'm sure Apple has some killer use case for 5G they're going to talk about uh, possibly faster iCloud sync. I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see next week pretty much, but uh, that word high speed probably is used to indicate how fast the A14 by the A14 processors. I 
think keep saying bionic but it's not bionic the a14 processor is in terms of in terms of speeds in the last episode we talked about its performance and so the benchmarks that were given uh so you can go listen to the previous episode you know if you want but um in terms of performance it's very very fast to say the least um it's much faster than some spec out macbooks which is to speak so it will be sharp sharp and fast for gaming and stuff so super fun times ahead really in this regard the colors on the on the on the invite uh you know the back so the apple on the apple logo now the circles mean something and that is could be two things air tags and apple home pod i mean a home pod mini uh because it basically are circles right the air tag air tag is going to be circle objects and they use ultra wide band technology which means they'll have they'll basically beam their presence you know it'll be long distance and that means you able an iphone can find out that there's some object with an air tag and it can they can detect it and recognize it and you know you can find objects that way it's an object tracker so it'll beam its signal and so the circles would mean something i digress that's the that could be one clue that i could say would be with with the invite the colors though are going probably saying something they're probably for the iphone 12 it'll may it may come in this bright orange color and midnight blue i'm i'm genuinely psyched for midnight blue you already seen it on the apple watch series 6 so if the apple watch is getting it and the ipads are getting it mind you both actually not not one segment both got blue colorways the iphone 12 will have it so very excited i'm actually excited for blue color because it will look very very sensational i mean Oh, rock the state. I mean, the iPad Air has already got a blue colorway, so a midnight blue is not that hard. If midnight green can come out, then midnight blue is definitely possible. That's my personal opinion. But aside from that, um uh speaking of the iPhone 12 event, as I already said in the previous episode, there is um the an upcoming Apple TV an updated Apple TV will be coming uh the HomePod, uh the AirTags the obviously all the uh, new iPhones really the iPhone 12 series the full from the iPhone 12 mini hopefully to the iPhone 12 Pro Max it's a massive lineup and they'll probably dominate the market uh, right there within w- in a punch uh but speaking of the HomePod we haven't really heard much about the HomePod we've heard all sorts of rumors the AirPod Studio okay and I, I forgot to mention the pro might possibly be an AirPod Studio uh, Apple's probably finally making some real over the over over ear headphones uh on ear headphones um so and they're possibly going to be called the AirPods Studio even those got leaked mind you those got leaked and they look kind of stylish they probably it reminded me of uh of Bang and Olufsen headphones you know uh I'm trying to think of another brand people of Bilker Bill I don't do do, do Wilker Bauken's make headphones I think B and W and and Bang and Olufsen headphones they look a little like that uh, which is interesting but what seems to kind of what and also here's the interesting thing uh the Amazon new versions of the Amazon Echo and the Nest Audio have coming out so Apple needs to have a their own smart speaker ready for the holiday season that's one but more than everything here's another interesting clue uh as to why we may see the AirPods studio and the HomePod mini next week. So what's kind of happened is that Apple uh 
Apple has essentially removed, uh, people reported this, Apple has not confirmed it, obviously. Apple doesn't really talk about these little, any, many, many more things. These are just decisions they do, business decisions they do from time to time. And so that kind of means that uh, Apple could possibly, uh, Apple has done it, but uh, people have reported that Apple's essentially removed, uh, have sort of uh, removed from their shelves uh, audio products from rivaling brands like Logitech, Bose, Beats, no, Beats is owned by Apple, shoot. Sonos, uh, Bose, Sonos, and and uh, Logitech speakers, they've been, you can't buy them on the Apple online store anymore. You can't find them in the Apple stores. They used to be there prominently because they were iPhone accessories, but now Apple has might have some solid home and portable audio options, and so in that regard, they will probably be selling uh, so they probably discontinued those products because if their if their products are good enough, why sell your rivals that? Well, I mean, if you want a Sonos one, and you are in the big Apple Apple store, do yourself a favor. Just you know, step out of the Apple store, go into Best Buy, ask somebody for a Sonos one. You know what to do. I mean, it's all right. I mean, it, it's the Apple store. They sell their own products first. Yes, if they can't do something extravagant by themselves, they'll sell the next best third-party option. DJI drones are sold there, mind you. But those are iPhone accessories. And iPhone accessories, they'll sell accessories for their devices, and it's really good. Until now, um, you know, both speakers have been uh, good iPhone accessories. But now, they've got to make their own good accessory, which is the HomePods. And so, there's certainly a market for the HomePod Mini. It'll probably be solid option. But on top of that, there was a tweet... Uh, just it just came sort of today and if you think of 14 hours ago from this account love to dream famous leaker and he wrote there's no home part two this year only have mini one obviously this is in chinese english dialect so uh they'll pro next week we'll probably see the home pod mini but not a second generation home pod uh but the thing is i if it's a new home pod and it's gonna be home pod mini i don't think it'll be that stripped out the audio quality will be decently good, and HomePods have been famous for the audio quality. And also, uh, Apple has probably improved the software a bit, so it's kind of high time that they do launch a new HomePod. Some say it's kind of useless because Siri is not that good for uh, for um, for that kind of stuff. So, I mean, also HomePods have good uses, pretty much. Uh, if you have a HomePod, you can use them as regular home air. Uh, they're good for being a solid air, air, airplay speakers. Sorry, they're solid airplay two speakers. They're good at you can just take your music or audio from an iPhone, blast it to the air HomePod. It's good for that. Uh, this is a good audio accessory. You can connect them to Apple TV, and you can have basically Sonos level surround sound experience like a, a solid alternative to 2.1 channel uh, surround sound setups or sound bars you can have them as a home pod uh, sorry you can have them as a home kit uh, hub which is interesting mind you so if they're launching a home pod they'll probably have some re really cool use cases attached to it and probably improved spatial audio experience so you can get two home pod minis and you can put them together and you can get uh, you can put them together and you have a solid audio experience mind you so that's that really and uh, everyone's probably thinking how much it will probably cost it'll probably be under two hundred dollars so it's quite interesting mind you so uh i mean uh, yeah genuinely excited i mean for what's happening i mean can't wait it's next week <laughs> that's the thing i think next week can't come any sooner that, that's for sure
All right, switching gears over. I'm pumped. I have so much energy right now. So if I'm talking so enthusiastically, that's why. But uh, switching gears to the PlayStation 5. We've all been talking about the next-gen consoles. Coming out next month, hopefully. Uh, we're basically 40, 42 days from the launch of these consoles, which is pretty, pretty exciting. Uh, but, but, I mean... But the fact that these consoles are launching are not exciting. It's just a trickle of information that's coming in by the by the day, by the week, uh, every single day, by the week, sort of, sort of information coming out about these devices. I mean, I mean, we've been hearing a lot about these consoles for the past couple of years, but really now we're starting to really see the true extent of all this uh, gibberish about about these next-gen high-speed gaming experiences, high-resolution, 8K re performance, ray tracing. But uh, Sony have been kind of cool enough to release a little video, seven-minute video, with one of the engineers. I mean, it's all in Japanese with English subtitles. Go watch it on YouTube. It's on YouTube, pretty much, like everything. <laughs> uh, where they basically uh, basically tear down and tear down an entire PlayStation 5. It's the main. It's the five hundred dollar disc version, and it's what's quite interesting is that it's quite honestly mad respect for the Sony engineers. Like they put together quite an articulate piece of technology. It to me makes you appreciate the, I mean the detail they've put the f the details that they've put into the really the components. I mean the cooling situation is interesting. You know the fact that PS4 is overheated like bananas. And as a result, that's influenced the in the Sony engineers' decision to add even more uh, airflow, more aerodynamics, like make the PlayStation more cooling friendly, add more aerodynamics. Uh, basically, the design's been influenced by the fact that the air needs to flow from one start, from place to the end. Basically, the design is such that air goes in from the front of the console, goes straight through, like most modern devices with fans on them and heat sinks, like a lot of computers. For reference, the Mac Pro, you know, the MacBooks, the Surface, gaming laptops, you know, the full, I mean, the whole, uh, the whole Kuni Hohuni of, of, device computing devices, and air just flows out on the other end near the port, through the back, so it has an air channel. So and then also the wave of the and the curvy part, sort of on the sides, basically gives sort of an int gives like an open space for that intake. Honestly, looking at intricate, it's quite intricate detail and mad respect to the Sony engineers. Like, I'm actually, honestly, my own personal opinion, I'm a bit more excited for the Xbox consoles. But honestly, I like, I have equal affinity to all three console platforms, the Sony, PlayStation, Xbox. They each offer something unique. They have their own sort of set of games that are truly unique. Xboxes are good at Halo and Forza, pretty much. Nintendo has Mario and the whole first party lineup. All their games are nice. Mario Kart, oh my god, I love that game. PlayStation, okay, I'm trying to think of it. Uh, god of War is great. Uh, Little Big Planet is phenomenal. Great game. Uh, man, Sony's British. Sony, Sony's probably got to have some of the best uh, British game developers of any platform or or, or publisher out there. I mean, uh, their London studio makes some phenomenally good games, uh, even if they're cheeky and funny. Um, they they're good at that, though. I don't think uh, probably the next best is EA. EA has got a good European presence with like uh, with the Battlefield games by, by Dice. But I say okay, I, I digress. But really, 
I mean, if you talk about Sony, of course, some really good games on their own. I mean, each console and platform and device has its own unique gaming experiences and it's great in its own right. I don't think each other is, I don't think one is superior than the other. It's just about the games. If one has some of the best games out there, technically by that standard, if you think about it, my own opinion, if I had to live on a desert island and pick one gaming console to live with for five years and then literally have to step back, go back and get another console, but have one console only for five years, I'd probably get Nintendo Switch by that standard because I love Mario Kart. So that's my affinity. Actually, I'm more of a PC guy. That's the thing. So anyways, aside from allegiances, but bro, mad respect, really. I like how they've figured out, they've sort of tweaked the whole design, really, for the for the for airflow that they've made sure that the maximum airflow comes through and that means that the overall it's not that hot and it's not that noisy it has a, such a massive fan i'm sure they've taken some they've taken plenty of notes from pcs from gaming pcs you know so um i'm not surprised if arctic designs cases were inspiration you never know really i mean actually let's face it PCs were first in figuring out airflow dynamics. <laughs> these co these console platforms are figuring out now in 2020, but PCs have figured out cooling problems for the last 10 years. Beat that, play PlayStation. Pff, you think you're leading the market with great airflow? PCs have great airflow because of the design, really. They're, I mean, nowadays, NVIDIA's new GPUs have figured out airflow problems. They've like tweaked their 380's design, really, to push greater airflow. That's the thing, really. So, actually, um, I mean, this is this is a great. I mean, but it's kind of nice that Sony is under acknowledging it and figuring it out. But more interesting is the fact that in the breakdown shown that the that the panel that the side panels, the curvy side panels that turn the PlayStation from a regular console to a Wi-Fi router-looking device, those are removable. So, modders, console modders, watch out. This is your gold mine. I mean, I can think of possibilities now. You, if you could change out the panels, you can like you can buy accessories to customize the panels. So you don't like the white. You can buy blackout panels. You can get RG. Oh God! I mean, I'm I was thinking about this just now. What if they What if they made RGB um, panels? That'd be freaking dope. That'd be that'd be that turn the PS5 into a into a really wacky console on steroids. Like. I mean, I mean, I want to. I feel like doing it now that I think about it. I wanna, really want to do it now that I know that the panels can be popped off, and you could change it. Uh, which means I really want to do this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if I can get a hands on a PS5, I'd really want to attempt making a RGB designed PS5 where it's all RGB on the sides. I'm sure it's easy to do, and you can. It's all powered by USB, hopefully. So, I'd actually want to do it now that I think about it. I mean, uh, it's really cool. It's a little user friendly. Not gonna lie, but the video, but the whole video kind of should have showed how easy it is. I mean, it was just an engineer, mind you, with screws and stuff. But just the fact that you just need some tweezers, you need some, just need some guitar picks and tweezers and and um, and screws to bust open the PS5. It's easy to repair and. I mean, and then hence the cost of the device goes down by that point. I mean, it's easier to, if it's easier to repair, then, and the parts don't cost much money, really. I mean, and it's, it would be interesting to see what is in the PS5 All Digital Edition. If it's the same PS5, the same motherboard, then, um, boy, I think they sh someone should sell a disk drive edition mod. That would be awesome.
that would make the all digital edition a bestseller because if you can add a hard dri disk drive that'd be a bit utilitarian so that's cool but the fact that um but uh, you can remove the power supply easily after you get right straight into the motherboard but really you can modify it also it's given the the design of it you can modify it you could change the panels i mean i can think of possibilities already from this um it's interesting really it's you know uh, but uh, here's the biggest revelation of them all. Inside, if you bust straight into the straight straight into the panels, uh, and you go on the other side of the console, there's like a part with a top screw on it. You can now you can add an additional SSD. Now there's a built-in memory. There's 825 gigabyte. There's gonna be 825 gigabytes of built-in storage that you can use utilize as onboard memory. And if if it fills up, then you can add an additional drive. You can add a USB hard drive, obviously, but also you can add another M.2 SSD and already M.2 SSDs are going down price so Sony made a very wise decision to add an M.2 drive, additional M.2 drive so it's very easy I still think that, okay, I don't want to be biased but I still think Xbox has it the easiest even a goofball, even a five-year-old can add more storage to an Xbox Series X you just need to take out the little drive, pop it right in like an SD card, off you go. The PS5 is very, it's a little similar to the PS4 though, but the fact that it's an additional port, which means they kind of know that people will run out of storage on the PS5, so uh, they will probably, uh, people will have to add more storage down the road. But it's just a one-time investment really, and you'll probably have, you'll probably be doing it within the next year or, you'll probably be doing it within the next year or two, uh, given how it's going with, uh, with game, if you play a lot of games and, you download a lot more things and you add your PS4 library to your PS5 uh, so that's the interesting thing really and M.2 SSDs are coming down in price dramatically I've seen um, M.2 drives for a hundred bucks on Amazon hang on let me check the price of an M.2 SSD I'm kinda curious to know so I have I have opened popped up Amazon here and I'm basically looking at what I'm okay for those who are being like Mountain there is actually cheaper SSDs. I'm looking at Amazon's choice for M.2 SSDs. Now cheapest. Now you can already get half a terabyte of MMB, uh, get half a terabyte of M.2 storage for 58 bucks. The Vestron Digital uh, Blue SSD uh, M.2. I mean it's already f 58 bucks, so it's not expensive for Sony to add that much storage. Fun fact: the 825 gigabytes of internal storage is actually soldered memory. But the thing is, if you divide that by given, I don't know how many were chips were in the video. I think it was four or five. So, um, so if they basically added say five, to four to seven memory modules. Um, it wouldn't be that. It won't be that expensive. 120 gigabytes of built-in flash storage, flash chip, 120 GB flash chip is going down price already dramatically because of smartphones more smartphones are getting 120 gigabytes of internal storage and so it's cheap for them to buy it and 120 gigabyte uh, flash drive flash memory but the fact you can add an additional m.2 drive now fun fact one terabyte of nvme storage m.2 slot uh, uh, drive a sabrent nvme m.2 uh, ssd one terabyte is 150 bucks on amazon mind you and then the next best thing, cheaper than this, but half the storage, but very reliable Samsung's 970 Evo Plus is 90 bucks. 90 bucks. These were things that cost it $300 and up, mind you. Uh, these drives cost it 200 to $400 a few years back, mind you. So, 
they're they're coming down in a good price at a good, and if you're if you're if you want to go bananas and there are people out there who want to do that you can get a two terabyte m.2 drive samsung's 970 evo plus for 350 on amazon mind you those are amazon's choice well rated and not many returns for it so it's good value for money already it's going down price day by day and i and i think that uh, if you do download i mean I mean, 825 gigabytes of internal storage would be more than enough for like four or five games. But beyond that, really, if you're going to get an M.2 drive, I mean, make sure you it's an investment like you 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 it's like a set and done purchase, like a one off, you know. So you save up for one, you know, like just factor in the cost of one terabyte NVMe SSD into buying your uh, into buying your ex uh, second drive for your PS5. But really, we're almost there in that regard, so that's interesting. But aside from that, aside from M.2 SSD and the fact that you can now add an additional drive, um, they have a they have 120 millimeter, uh, 45 millimeter thick double-sided air intake, which is pretty awesome. But more than awesome, the thermal paste they've used on the CPU, on the SOC primarily, the APU APU component, is a liquid metal solution. Good lord, that's probably really expensive. But the liquid metal—they've used liquid metal on here, and it looks like they've quite—they've quite. I mean, given how they've put it in in the—I mean, there is a there is a processor underneath, but it looks like they've put the liquid metal in such a fra kind of a in a very—they put more care into it, pretty much. There's their pat, their sort of rubber pad around it, so that. Uh, the metal does con make contact with the heat with the heat sink properly, without spreading out. I'm sure they have a very they have probably they've spent years researching on this and they've put together a really really interesting methodology to just make to add the to put the thermal paste. But liquid metal is interesting, but it makes the probably has made the console a little bit expensive. But looks like a pretty thin application of it, which means it's very inexpensive. So, but I'm sure if they are making millions, hundreds of dozens of millions of it dozens of millions of X of playstations then the cost dramatically comes off all these components they're using the same motherboard for both variants with or without the hard uh, disk drive without the without the blu-ray drive or with the blu-ray drive they're using the same motherboard yeah they probably brought down a lot of costs so it's interesting and um, now I look at it it's kind of cool I mean, uh, oh, and just for reference, the to remove the hard, the to remove, to change, to add a M.2 drive to the PS5, you just remove the panel side, the side panel on the hard drive on the uh, disk drive side. You just pop it out, and then you have the and you have a little part of the uh, of uh, next to the fan, and it has a drive. Just for reference, but it's kind of interesting. But man, if you could add a disk drive to the digital version of the PS5, the motherboard's exactly the same. They might do it to save money, probably. Then, uh, oh boy, this can be highly modified. And, tr and, and trust me, given PS PlayStation's history, there'll probably be a very portable version of this in, in the next three, two to three years, hopefully. Maybe they'll do it in, a th in a two to three years. They'll probably have a very compact version of the PS5. It's probably half of its size. So if you don't like the wacky design it'll probably make a nicer version down the road that's more compact it looks pretty massive a little taller than the ps4 the original ps4 i'm saying the original ps4 because the slim ps4 is pretty slim and slender compared to the ps original ps4 so that's that
So it's pretty exciting times for the console wars ahead. It's not even the console war anymore. It's more like the uh, big platforms war because you have PC gaming, you have game streaming, you got faster, faster mobile gaming experiences, you know, things like PUBG Mobile. They're just matching consoles in terms of casual, casual appeal and overall quality and experience factor. I mean, so this is the most aggressive console generation of our lifetime. The previous one was nothing. The, the last one between the Xbox One and the PS4 is nothing on us. This one's going to be aggressive, head-on, because every other next best option for casual gamers exists now. I mean, why buy a console? You could stream games from the internet if you have 5G, if you've got fast internet. I'm sorry, uh, you got a phone, go to the Google Play Store, download some really good games. Fortnite's on, on mobile. Among Us, which is a famous game already. Uh, probably one of the top games streamed on Twitch. That's There's a mobile version for it, and it's the full copy. It's not like they haven't butchered it an inch. Indie games have ported to mobile easily. Uh, that's one, and then you have gaming laptops. Okay, PCs are hard to get, so you can buy a gaming laptop and gaming convertibles. Jesus probably has one in the wings soon, you know. I mean, it's easy now. They're actually, if you're a casually, if you're a console kind of gamer, you know, you just play f three times a week, you know, in the evenings, you know, one session of Call of Duty. Like, you have choices now. So, it's the most aggressive console generation ever. It's, it's an aggressive time to be gaming industry. There are a lot of choices and a lot of options, and really, uh, now the platform or option to dominate uh, will be, will d it, I mean, the how will, say, PC gaming dominate or consoles is just be the games. They're great games, the great platform. That's how it is. Great games equals the great platform. This is the Maoist theory of gaming industry domination. <laughs> so that's that really. So very aggressive times ahead. It's a hell of a game, as they say, pun intended. But the question will be which platform or option will ha suffer game over. We'll find out. <laughs> Pun intended. So, yeah, moving on. A uh, Razer is gonna is making credit debit cards. Credit cards. That's interesting. So most people may know Razer. People will know Razer as a famous gaming peripheral maker, but they're pretty much like a li digital lifestyle brand, as you could say it like this. A digital lifestyle brand sort of for gamers by gamers for gamers and so they've been running this sort of mobile wallet service in Malaysia and Singapore because they have licenses to do in those countries so they've been running those uh, running a mobile wallet service a bit like Alipay for gaming it's called Razer pay they have that app and sort of it's a famous e-wallet at this point and you can like earn Razer gold and stuff it's quite interesting it's cool that Razer is like diversifying its business but they're but they are now offering in Singapore uh, obviously they're testing out in Singapore uh, Razer card which is interesting it's a bit like the Apple card for gaming <laughs> it has a it they now you can get a virtual card so you can use it in stores and online uh, or when you go online or contactless payments tap and go or you can get a physical uh, Razer card which is really sleek it's really sleek it's all black imagine the Apple card but it's completely all black like gamer black with the Razer logo it's freaking dope I mean it's dope GG Razer uh, but they have a platinum premium card now now if I don't know about you but we gamers are younger folks we don't know if credit cards or debit cards surely that have great flexes I mean I can think come try to think of some I mean 
there's already the Apple card, which is really sleek as a physical card. That's really cool, the Apple logo. And then there's the next best thing in the traditional banking world, Amex. If you've got Amex Platinum, you're a rock star. Yeah. But hey, if you're a gamer also, you should have the Razer, you should have the Razer card premium. The thing about the Razer card premium is that it's basically a physical card that actually glows up. And when you go to pay anywhere or tap, tap and pay or you just trip, pop your card in a chip and pin machine and you pay for it, it glows up, which is pretty awesome. It has uh, a lot of uh, bragging rights. Here's the bummer though. Uh, the card will only be available at launch in Singapore. They're gonna start issuing it early in January 2021, but they're doing a current, they're doing a trial launch. So they'll let 1,337 users who obviously use Razer Pay and stuff and are part of Razer community and stuff, uh, let them use this prepaid card as they call it. The prepaid card is essentially like the prepaid card is that you know you can put add money into the card and you can go around paying for goods with it as a physical card or a virtual card to pay in apps and services online or online shopping primarily. So it's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, um, I'm surprised that I'm surprised to read that Razer offers merchant payments, but part of me is like, well, this is Razer being smart. You know when you're in the credit, when you're in the car, when you're in the payment processing business, you get a lot of data about consumer purchase habits. Look at what, look at the bajillion research reports that Mastercard pumps out, based on data it gets. So there's the data, and then there's also the, uh, there's the, gaming, like targeting, you know, to connect with digital businesses part of why Razer offer does payment processing. It was interesting. I never thought Razer could process payments for others. That's crazy. But hey, Razer can do everything, right? It makes sleek biz it makes sleek it makes sleek stylish laptops. They don't look like gaming laptops, but they're work they're work work they're workstations. Workhouses pretty much. They're powerhouses in business. You know, you can go with your slides and three D processing. But anyways, but it's kinda cool. I'm um, an interesting part and you get cashback, so you can get one percent cashback across of all your everyday purchases and five percent cashback if you get things on Razor store purchases. So that's interesting. So, I mean, if you're into credit debit cards and you're young and you're a gamer, then you definitely should look at this. And this will only be available in Singapore at launch in January, 2021. Uh, they'll probably roll it out assuming Razor has a license to run an e-wallet or a digital bank service in other countries. They should just roll this out to all of Asia and probably to the rest of the world. So that's interesting. And finally, uh, we're Let's talk Realme because uh, they have talked. Yeah, because um, today they kind of announced and talked about a lot of their uh, products primarily, but more so that uh, Realme Seven and Seven Pro is already out. I think we've talked about it a few weeks back, uh, and uh, it's already on sale in in India. But they're bringing the Seven Series to Europe. Obviously, the, it'll hopefully launch the rest of Asia soon. I mean, given how it's going, uh, I mean. But the thing is also, I mean, if we talk about Pakistan. Uh, Realme has just released some new C series phones, C17, C12, uh, and I think the C15, I believe. So I don't think they can quickly roll out that many phones that quickly. It's a bit too much. But the uh, they've announced the Realme 7 and 7 Pro in Europe. And the interesting part is that they've done some. The Realme 7 Pro probably will have probably the fastest fast char fast charging solution. 
uh, for folks in Europe. 65 watt fast charging on the Realme 7 Pro, uh, which means you can get up to 100% in less than half an hour, which is pretty awesome. It'll have a Snapdragon 720G, uh, the Pro, and it'll start at 4 gigabytes of RAM and 120 and 64 gigabytes of storage out of the gate. Uh, and the Realme 7 has a G95 Helio G95 processor um, with a 90 hertz display, uh, 90 hertz display, 6.5 inch IPS LTE display, 5,000 milliamp hour battery. So this is slightly different from the one in India. Uh, so they've added a bit more quality components from the looks of it. So I mean, so it's already going to be launching in Europe. Uh, you can buy it from October 21st, and you can get it buy it on Amazon or Realme's website. Uh, it'll be available in Western Europe, and obviously France, Germany, Italy, uh, Spain, the United Kingdom, Ireland. And Realme 7 will start from 180 euros or 180 quid, and can go all the way up to Realme 7 Pro. It'll be in one spec for 300 euros or 280 pounds, which is a good deal, frankly. Oh, and the Realme 7 will be available on October 13th from, I mean, this is coding GSM Arena. But that's the Realme 7 series that's going to be finally out in Europe. Finally, they've gone all the way to Europe. Hopefully, the Realme 10 will probably launch in America. That would be awesome. But now Europeans can then savor in Realme's uh, dare to defy ideology of uh, high-speed performance for low prices. Uh, but now that the Realme 7 series is out, then it's now a Realme 7i, which is coming in India. Uh, it has 4 gigabytes of RAM, 64 gigabytes of storage, a Snapdragon 662, 6.5 inch, 90 hertz display. So, a high speed, fast display and a low price. But you get 720p, uh, but obviously it's 720p resolution, so you have to take that into consideration. Now that seems like refresh rates are not a premium feature, they're everywhere. 5000 mAh battery, 18 watt fast charging, 64 megapixel main camera, a uh, an 8 megapixel ultra wide angle sensor with 119 uh, degrees field of view, 1080p video recording, uh, and it'll start from 12,000 rupees uh, with a with a with a 120 gigabyte ROM version for 13,000 Indian rupees. That's roughly 24,000 rupees Pakistani, and then that's 24. Uh, then that's technically 48,000 or something like that, 20. Okay, I'm blowing up figures, but 22 to 20, 20 to 25,000 rupees Pakistani if it launches in Pakistan after currency conversion and taxes. Or in US dollars, 165 bucks for the 64 gig variant and double the storage for $175. So a pretty good deal. And you'll be able to buy it in India from October 16th, just in time before Diwali and obviously the festive season. Uh, and, the, uh, and Realme 7 Pro will be also be coming in a special uh, sun-kissed leather, which is this sort of, uh, which is this plastic shell on top of a leather, vegan leather look, which is pretty awesome. Um, so, um, pretty solid value option in Realme world. Really daring to defy, <laughs> see what I did there. But more so, they have announced some more IoT products. Because why not? Everyone's doing it. Xiaomi's done it, then Huawei's doing it, then Oppo's doing it. So, in so they've released a new smart TV, a 55-inch uh, SLED 4K TV. Apparently, SLED is this unique panel that uh, Realme developed, where instead of a completely blue panel, instead of a blue light panel or white light, pa white backlight panel, uh, they've put sort of a RGB. They sort of have this combined RGB light panel on on the ba backlight sort of so it gives you a more vibrant picture uh, 
so there's so the backlight is completely RGB so there's there's more it's more vi vivid and vibrant uh, so you get 108% NTSC wide color gambit it has passed TUW Ryland's low light certification you get a screen to body ratio of 94.6% there's basic it's 55 inches only you get uh, 7 display modes if you're into that HDR 10 plus 24 watt quad stereo speakers uh, basically decent speakers for movies for music for 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 TV and movie soundtracks for cricket if this is gonna be coming out in India only so great speakers you know you could I mean you know what to do right with those speakers pretty bombastic and then to go with this TV there's a hundred watt soundbar combined so you get uh, you essentially get a 60 watt the main soundbar component is 60 watts combined of power of sound power which is sound power that's an interesting new term that I'm saying you get a 40 watt subwoofer so it can go all the way down to 50 Hertz to 24 kilohertz so yeah I mean dance parties will get interesting with a soundbar that's for sure uh, so the SLED TV has 1.5 gigabytes of RAM and 16 gigabytes of onboard storage I mean you're probably just gonna be streaming Netflix right you're not gonna be playing PUBG mobile so it's light enough for those tasks it runs Android TV of course you can't live without Android TV if especially you talk about India I mean it has plenty of services all the big services on it as a result it's running on a MediaTek chipset uh, a 64-bit quad-core chipset um, so multiple ports 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi a dual band Wi-Fi mind you and uh, the 55 inch SLED 4K smart TV from Realme. This will start from 43,000 rupees or around $585. So, pretty neck and neck with the competition in India. It's a, you're paying a little bit more money, but you're getting a you're getting a unique 4K TV and it's Realme sort of. So, you're defying the odds with Realme. <laughs> and a soundbar will cost 7,000 rupees. That's around $95. They're launching these products obviously before Diwali, so it's good time. So, Usually, probably a good time to buy new technology, and on top of that, they're releasing a uh, a a camera, a IP camera, which is cool, a smart plug, a new twenty thousand mAh power bank with a USB-C port, cool, uh, and a electric toothbrush. That's interesting. Um, the, and here's the bummer, though. The uh, now the earbuds are going to be available around the world, but. These IoT products only available in India, which is kind of a bummer, but oh well. If they work in India, then they'll surely work for the rest of the world, and obviously, I think, who... But the thing is, Xiaomi started it all. That's what I want to remind you. I mean, you look at these products, you probably should think of Xiaomi, not Apple. Xiaomi started this trend of ecosystem products. You know, you make great smartphones, and then people are like, oh, good phones. You guys could make good selfie sticks. And then people buy more, and they make more money from it. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, but interesting TV from Realme. Honestly, I'd, st I'd still recommend Mi TV. Or even better, if you're really in India, I'd probably recommend picking up Fire TV Edition smart TVs. Or now the Chromecast or Google TV is coming out, and then the Mi TV stick exists. So those are great options if you randomly buy a good TV. I mean, the thing is, you'd just buy a good TV, and then you add a streaming stick to it, or a streaming box, or a box to watch OTT stuff on. For those options, I'd probably recommend the Mi TV stick, obviously, new Chromecast, and then if you still want DTH service to still watch stuff from the satellite, then the Airtel Xtreme is a good option. Uh, I don't know if you use Airtel DTH. 
I mean, if you want to switch DTH Pro as the Airtel Xtreme is a good option. It's fast, it runs Android TV, so you really don't need a new TV if you live in India. There are plenty of options, plenty of streaming boxes and sticks available. And if you have DTH service, you can upgrade your set-top box right away. So, I mean, you get Android TV. There are plenty of options in India, obviously. And if you, but if you want a brand new TV, Me TV is a good option that I've heard of. Uh, from a lot of reviews um, and also other brands Flipkart's own uh, own private label has Android TV based smart TVs and also Amazon on their own site offers from various third party brands uh, Fire TV editions those are definitely ones to look for you get a Fire Stick built in inbuilt Fire Stick pretty much so that's something to look for I mean for talking about Realme TV sort of plenty of options really uh, I mean, uh, we'll have to wait and see it for that one, but uh, those are Realme's IoT lifestyle ecosystem, so that's interesting. So that's the podcast, and um, yeah, I mean, 2020 has been a crazy year. Hopefully 2021 was is not what 2020 was. It's probably going to be better, but uh, that was the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Till Monday, don't forget to subscribe. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at saidonscoremyon99. And as always, keep smiling. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Bye.